Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grindline Podcast. You're listening to episode 222. I am here tonight with Ryan. Tyler's car blew up. But we are also here tonight with Sarah, the meme queen of Red Wings Twitter, known as at Helmeroids Online. Sarah, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. I feel like Tyler's dodged me before, so... You, you're not the first you're not the and only you won't one. be the last. Yeah. <laughs> he dodges us pretty regularly and then goes online and says, it's my podcast. We're like, well, when you only show up 25% of the time, is it really your podcast, Tyler? Oh, <laughs> but, shit. <laughs> Tyler, wow. uh, Tyler, apparently he talked to you earlier, Ryan. I don't know. His car blew up or something. Let's see what the texts were the other day. Oh, Lord. It's uh, a <laughs> this is a crash course in Tyler not knowing how to properly take care of a vehicle. <laughs> no oil, ran out of gas, tires blew up. Oh, you're, you've already hit the nose on the button there. Let's see. That's an expression. Huh? Yeah, it's don't worry about that it. That sure is an expression, I said. Hit the button on the nose, whatever it is. So he goes, he broke it to me on Monday morning. I got terrible news this morning. That's how he starts the conversation. <laughs> hey, so what's you up? immediately, you immediately Worst think someone's case. dead. I'm just like, is your, like, I thought, yeah, someone died. And this is now I'm like the first person he's telling about it. And I don't know how to handle things right now. So me taking it the right way. And I'm sorry, Tyler, this is just how you're going to find out about this conversation. Um, I was like, job related. He goes, no, car related. I blew my engine in my Jeep. I go, how did you blow the engine? Because apparently my oil was a lot older than I thought it was. There's a there's a gauge for those things. And when you get it changed, they give you a little sticker. Oh, just wait. Just wait. I was like, dude, what were you not tracking the mileage? He goes, so the sticker on window was 519. But I guess night, but I was 98% sure I got one in like August, August. It is three months or 3000 miles. Unless you have synthetic, then you can go like five to 8000 miles. Sure. Well, she's got a newer, it was a Jeep compass. I think he said 2016. So he's probably got some wiggle room there. But uh, apparently Tyler has learned the hard way to not pay attention to the date on his oil changes and <laughs> needs to follow his mileage so sorry tyler you're not here to defend yourself but it's pretty funny because i've done something similar when i was a teenager and i had to call you out on it for being you know 20 something yeah i had a cadillac cts 
uh, in, right after I got out of high school. Oh. And that didn't fucking the baller. oil didn't go bad. It ate the oil and the oil was gone. Oh, that's what yeah. happened. I had an old that Civic one. that did the same thing where every so often I'd have to add oil, even though I wasn't due for an, for an oil oh, change. Oh, yeah. Which and makes I learned the hard sense. way at 16 years old that you there's a limit on how much oil can actually go into a car. <laughs> and that's there's how a I limit my on engine. how much anything can go into a car. <laughs> well, I had a jug and I just started pouring. I was like, that should work it's because it burns fast. Nope, didn't work. Oh, Lord. Well, Sarah's not here to talk about cars and engines and oil and stuff. Because I'm like, when did I get my oil changed last? <laughs> I don't drive every day. I drive like once a week at most, which is also not great. <laughs> if you're not watching on YouTube, while we were talking, uh, Sarah went, oh, shit, and ran out to her car to check on her oil. But we have Sarah here because we have her here yearly, and she talks about the Detroit Red Wings Awards. What year are we on? Ten. Year ten. Are, this is a big anniversary. This is year 10, which is so hard to believe. I'm old now. <laughs> I was such a oh, year one, Sarah. There's so much you need to know, but it's <laughs> you need to do a time capsule. <laughs> there's so there's too much to explain. So just but yeah, 10, 10 years. A decade ten, of I, the Red Wings Awards. People on Twitter were like still pooping in their diapers when this started. Oh, Lord. What were what were the problems of the world 10 years ago? That's like that's pre I can't remember anything before COVID happened. I'm like, I don't well, think... we were we were in the playoffs. Oh, stop. not very well. Stop. No. Oh, but we geez. were we were there we were in the playoffs. We had Pavel Datsik. A lot of anger over contracts. So, you know, some things have been consistent. <laughs> right. Uh, but we want to get to a couple things tonight before we get into the the Red Wings Awards, as we normally do. And I kind of want to start off the top with Wing and Motown. We did have JJ on. Uh, if you listen to the JJ episode, if you haven't, go back and listen to it. It was about independence, the importance of independent sports journalism and kind of what it means to the community as a whole and to the sport as a whole. And it was a really good one. JJ is awesome. And uh, it was a great conversation. But you are also part of Wing and Motown. So just I want to take from your perspective how it all went down and then kind of where it's going, because uh, Kyle did announce that there will be a reboot uh, probably a little later on towards preseason and stuff. He needs time to kind of collect everything, get it together and figure out his plan. But I kind of want to get your take on the whole situation of how it went down and then kind of where you're going with it from here. Sure. I'm like, I don't want to say anything that would get me in trouble. I didn't sign any paperwork, but I didn't sign like a no shit talk paperwork. There's no but... NDA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I found, I'm like, I don't even remember what month it was, but I found out about it because... Steph Driver tweeted that was like her tweet that was like, I've, you know, been let go and something and like talked about kind of SB Nation hockey as a whole. And I was like, um, I haven't heard about any of this. So, you know, jumping into the slack and being like, what the hell's going on, guys? Like, and then kind of the news was trickling out about how they were going to cut all the blogs, but then they were going to just cut most of the blogs. And it was like, who's on the chopping block and who? And what's the criteria? And are they going to keep some? Are they going to lose some? And there was a list released of like which ones were going to stick around. It was totally random. And I couldn't think of any criteria it was based on other than like a check in the mail. So I like I still don't quite know how that all shook out. And but it was it was sudden and it was it was hard. It was hard to think about because I had been writing for Wim for seven years. And so it was kind of hard to see it all just come to a 
a screeching halt um, and not even be able to get through the season. So it was it was tough to take and, and hard to process. You know, it's like a weird, a weird grieving period, I guess, where I, you know, I don't like not going out of my own terms, like dramatically quitting or something. Um, I don't think I would have done that. <laughs> you, you had no one to like throw stuff at. Yeah, okay. There was no like, you can't fire me. I quit. I'm like, well, you can fire me and I'm not going to quit because I, I I want whatever last paycheck I can get my hands on. And I really like writing. It wasn't a you can't fire me. I quit. It was a oh, no, this is sad. Where's my money? Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like there was severance or anything. It was just, you know, but we were getting paid to do it. And it's not my career. It has nothing to do with my career. You know, it wasn't it wasn't about the money, but it was just something that I like doing and I like interacting with everybody and, you know, so some social validation and I never read the comments. So as far as I'm concerned, everything I've ever written has just gone down beautifully. I'm like Amazing. number one writer, you're, everyone's you're favorite. A hit. Every record's Every article, a hit. Every article's a hit. It's amazing. As far as uh, WIM 2.0, I, breaking news, no one has heard this yet. I will be back. I will be on WIM 2.0. Um, I had been really out of the loop on kind of the transition because I had this conference I was telling you guys about before we were recording and my sister's wedding. Just stuff. I'm not, I can't, it's not really that much, but I can't handle very much either. So life was, outside of just hockey and Twitter. There was so much to handle and I had to do a good job, which was awful. So I kind of was out of the loop for a little while. And then I was like, wait a minute, WIM 2.0. Why haven't I heard about this? So I, I reached out to Kyle and I was like, hey, is this real? Like, am I am I still welcome? Can I be on board? And he was like, yes, absolutely. I would love that. So, you know, as you said, we're still working out. If you see the Twitter and the Facebook page, content is still coming out. And it's on what's the platform called Ghost, I think. Um, and I want to say that's like five dollars a month for like premium access or something. Like I said, I haven't really dug into it yet. Um, I will be back. Yeah, I talked to Kyle about it and he said the same thing. The post says it's five dollars to get bonus content. I had messaged him because I've met with Kyle a couple times, like in person, like a long time ago when he was in Royal Oak. And I told him, like, anything we can do to help if if you're looking for any like content for uh wing Motown Wing forward, like we're open to it. We'll help you out. Let us know. And uh, he's receptive, but I think he's just gathering everything and, and trying to make sure everything's in place. Because like you said, like it's he has a full time job. We all have full time jobs and we do this for fun because we love the sport. and We love making content and we love the interaction with people. But it's it's a lot to take on when there are only so many hours in the day. And most of those hours have to be devoted to an actual thing that, you know, lets you live. Yeah. Or tiny terrorists. Yeah, or or very small children in our case, or sisters' weddings, which I yeah. hope was fantastic. It was. There's some drama I won't get into, but it was. It's funny now. But I overall, don't think I've ever been to a wedding where there's no drama. But it, what's important is the weather had out, held out, as Gary, the retired meteorologist who was staying at the hotel, told us unsolicited and unprompted that it would. So thanks, Gary. Gary was right. But yeah, it was it was good and. But now I'm kind of ready to to shift back into hockey and coming. I'll probably not write much, if anything, this summer. And just I just need kind of a, a break. But I'll be back um, definitely for, you know, I'm always good for a game recap. Those penalty box names aren't going to think of themselves like my signature move. I think we kind of started going over those and they got pretty out of hand on Twitter and um, very inappropriate because <laughs> the penalty box names, uh, there's a lot. 
there's a lot you can do there. It's a, it's a very full basket, uh, if you will. But I want to get your thoughts on the season. So I, I think when we, me and Ryan had recapped the season, and I think me and Jake also recapped the season because everyone ditched me last week. But <laughs> whatever. Uh, it was, I, I felt good about it. And Derek Lalone felt good about it. Steve Eiserman felt good about it. There was a lot of measurable improvements, and I thought we did well. But I kind of want to get your thought on on how the season went and in the areas you kind of see us improving or trying to improve in the off season. I think it went well. I'm not the type of person who really takes those leaps where we're winning a couple of games. And I mean, sarcastically, I'm like, plan the parade, but I've never meant it. Um, I was never really believing in the playoff push. It would have been nice, but I wasn't disappointed when things fell apart. My kind of metric of the season is how many games were just depressing and had no fight back whatsoever. And it was a lot fewer than there were last year. There were some ugly scores this year, um, but some of the ugly games, you know, like a five to two or a six to two, it's like, all right, well, there was an empty net goal. There was a bullshit penalty, you know, or there was two quick ones and, you know, or things fell apart just for 10 minutes. And that's all it takes is 10 minutes. And then your game is totally messed up. Yeah, for sure. Um, Just asked Tampa the other night. Yes. There wasn't there weren't a whole lot of games that were just absolutely unwatchable, which compared to the previous three seasons is a huge step forward. Having Newsy behind the bench, huge difference, huge difference. He knows how to manage the team. They all seem to have better attitudes. And we saw way more fight back in the third period than just kind of rolling over and being like, ugh. So I was, I'm encouraged by this season. I know there's people who are very disappointed that we kind of had the downturn from that kind of the send series onward. It just was like, eh, boom, there were a lot of injuries, but I, I think we, every year there's going to be a lot of injuries, not to sound like Mickey Redmond, but with the pace of the game and the way the game's played, there's always going to be injuries. Guys who are younger are going to get injured more and recover slower. It's just something we're going to have to get used to, um, you know, and, and be ready to run that Griffin's roster in March. <laughs> And have the the no name fourth line. <laughs> so well, I think that's one thing Jake brought up last week is that we we had talked about that Derek alone had said that e- even though the injuries may not be indicative of how like the team should play, like Iserman said that he doesn't think the injuries affected us that bad. But they also both said that the last five weeks are are not what this team is. They said that any play post trade deadline is not what the, they don't think that's what the team is. But Lalone even said that he feels like the first half a season or the first few weeks that maybe they overachieved a bit, which I don't agree with. I think they came out good and they they played up to their abilities. But like you said, it's the it's the attitude in the room. And I think, yeah, a lot of that's coaching, bringing that attitude. But I think a lot of that's also veteran players. I think it's David Prawn coming in and saying, I am not giving up. You guys cannot give up. This is what needs to happen. And he also had said that basic or they had said that he's basically the last one who who said, yeah, we're not going to make playoffs like he up until the very end. He's like, no, we're going to push. We're going to make playoffs. So I think that's part of it, too, is getting guys in there that believe in the team, believe in the system and just need to push you forward. And that comes with guys like Peron, that comes with guys like Mata who have won stuff before and know what attitude it takes to win. Yeah. And you need guys and. You know, I mean, the injuries, we all know that I've been, you know, dying on the Rasmussen Hill my whole life, but it shows, you know, how critical a player he is that once he was injured, it was like something collapsed down on that third line. We needed him there. 
you know, so it injuries show kind of which players are really critical and which players it's like, we all love Robbie Fabry, but like, yeah, you know, him being injured didn't destroy the team as much as Ras did. And maybe that's just me being a Ras fan girl, but I'm a hundred percent correct. So it seems to be hard for us I'm to right. find a lot of people that disagree with you. <laughs> I'm right. Yeah, I know the Robbie Fabry thing is a big thing for me because it kind of almost goes and granted his injuries were pretty severe, but he's making money. He's on the cap and he's not on the ice. He's on the ice for a little bit, gets injured again. Now, I think he probably could have come back, but as a precaution, they're like, don't worry about it. The season's a wash. Go rehab. If he comes back and he's in for a few weeks and gets injured again, I think at that point you got to look at maybe you need to buy out Robbie Fabry. Maybe you need to maybe try and move him, but moving an injured player is so hard. So like you said, losing Fabry didn't really have a huge impact. Losing Michael Rasmussen, and I think a lot of it was his physicality and his ability to move players out of the way. And his net front presence is a lot of what was lacking, especially on the power play is where Michael Rasmussen ended up being really good. So I think that, and you're right, it's Rasmussen had a huge leap forward and losing him was like a, a giant gut check for the team. And they, uh, they failed it miserably. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think kind of the one good thing is that it did it. I'm not going to say it forced Seisman's hand, but it encouraged him to to make, you know, cut Burt loose and, you know, cut I'm everyone's favorite player, Bill Peronic loose and just, you know, I thought you were going to say Oscar Sundquist, <laughs> but that would be true. So, no. But it, you know, kind of if I've, I'm not sure what would have happened if we were more firmly in a playoff position, if he would have been like, oh. Or if it was like, no, I've already I've had on my list since July who I'm going to want to shuffle out if if the opportunity arises. So, you know, making the tough having to make tough decisions and not just saying, ah, eh, we'll let it ride another year. I mean, that's a good indication of the rebuild. And my last point will be having teams start their starting goalies against us. That's like my number one metric. Of, are they just are they just throwing in the bum who has like a, you know, 80 percent save percentage and who really needs a boost of confidence or are they showing a little respect and not benching all their top players? So I, I feel like we're getting shown a little more respect. And that to me is, is part of the part of the rebuild process where teams aren't like, all right, easy two points. And they're like, all right, no, we'll, we'll like put our, our real team out there, see how it goes. Though I will say we made Brian Elliott look like Patrick Waugh. Um, you know, I thought about games. making the comment about Elliot at the end of the season, but I was holding off. So fuck you, Greg. <laughs> but I do want to move on to the Red Wings Awards. Uh, actually, you know what? Before we do, and I'm going to do this early in the episode, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors, because I think we have another one again this week. I got to read scripts. Yeah, it's, but... it's, the, it's the meme factory. We're sponsoring <laughs> you. It's, uh, it's a sponsorship where we get a free lifetime supply of memes. But uh, we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. From tea to green, the best place to go to get in on all the action happening on the links is DraftKings Sportsbook. This week, new customers will receive an odds boost to add plus 1,000 to any pre-tournament wager up to $10 on any golfer to win. So for example, if you're a new customer and you see a golfer to win the tournament at plus 1,000 odds, DraftKings will boost that golfer to plus 2,000 odds for your shot at a bigger payout. DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odds boosts all tournament long, so be sure to check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day before the tournament starts to see what they have in store. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, and boost your odds during the weekend's tournament. 
That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook. And we're back. And as we said earlier, it is the 10th year of the Detroit Red Wings Awards. I'm just actually waiting for them to acknowledge it. And we're starting to get the connection. So we may be able to get it out there and maybe just get the awards retweeted. I think I think we can push for it this season um, because Stacy is awesome. If you listened to our episode with Stacy, uh, she absolutely knows who you are. Like I, by, I did <laughs> by Twitter handle. And uh, your work is recognized and appreciated by the actual Detroit Red Wings social team. We'll have to get the Tigers social on here one of these days, too, to get get the feedback on. They know who I am. They know who yeah. I am. Oh, yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> everyone we could, we could, I, everyone we knows probably my have name. An episode dedicated <laughs> to your memes. I mean, Ryan, they all know me. Got to get the inside track. I want to go through. So we're going to go through a few words. I don't want to go step by step because it, it gets very, very like monotonous. But I picked some out that I think have competition or that are really good. Uh, that are going to be fantastic or new. But I want to start at the top. Are you going to do anything with this practice vote? Please give us the results of the practice vote at the awards. I guess you'll just have to show up, find <laughs> every out. Every year, every year, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> so we start off with the best and worst game of the season, which everyone's going to have opinions on. And there are far too many games to go through for that. But I want to start on the Three Leaf Clover Award. So the Three Leaf Clover Award is worst luck. And there were a couple ways that you could go with this because you go, oh, were they injured or were they just bad or like what's going on with the player? And for me, I think I went more with um, a combination of both bad luck and injury. And again, and I think it was my vote last year. It's got to be Philip Zadina. So it was his year. And I think we said, we've said that several <laughs> it's times. His, it's his year. year. It's his year. He's going to do it. He's going to come out. He's going to blow the doors down. Philip Zadina's going to have a 25 goal season. He's going to be real dominant. And if we stop out, talking about it, it'll actually happen. Like maybe ignore I mean, it. Like completely just shut him out from everything. Don't even let him come to like team dinners. But I have to talk about it now because he, he has to get this award. I mean, he started out like, We'll always say he's a good possession player. He's gotten better defensively. Ryan just, looks like that, that like LA Noir me. And that's like press X doubt. <laughs> Ryan, gives, <laughs> Ryan gives me the, but it's, he's going to say, but he's not scoring goals. And then what he did, he like broke his leg or whatever. And was out for a very extended period of time, came back and actually looked good. Right. In like the six games he was in. He looked good. He scored a couple goals. He was getting points. He looked confident. And then he got injured again. So Philip Zadina has to be my most unlucky player. It's hard to go against that one. I think I can't remember who I chose. It was either him or Fabry. And the reason I would have I went with Fabry if I did choose him, I think I did pick Zadina. But Fabry just he can't stay healthy. I was just looking at his stat line. Like he's had his most games in one season, but 72 games. He's barely scratched the surface, crossing 50 the last couple of years, COVID year not included. Like every time Fabry steps, steps on the ice and someone even breathes near him, like there goes his knee. That's going to be his that, knee. Just that gone. first game back, I thought he's going to blow his knee back. Because, yeah, he got like hit or something. I was like, there he goes. <laughs> like, he, oh, should play, he should play all his regular season games in a non contact jersey. But yeah, Zadina, I think that's fair. I can't really say much else that you didn't already touch on, but. The points got to happen like he went 
eight straight games of no points between March throughout the month of March before getting hurt again. And he only had two points in between that whole outside that span. Like can't have that, man. You got to be better. I don't care if it's assists. We know the pucks aren't going to the net. So that promise he gave fucking day one already got thrown out the window. So just do anything other than breathe. That's all I ask (laughs) at this point. Anyway. Do you think he's possibly off season trade block? Maybe just like fresh start kind of guy, because it really was a season. Eiserman even said we're, we were penciling him in for offense. And if that's who you're penciling in for offense, who has proven in the past few years that his offense has not been there and then he gets hurt. I mean, do you think maybe he could get moved? Oh, yeah, he gets moved and then he scores 30 goals. God, the I'm number, so pissed. The number one export of Detroit is players who go on to win championships in other cities across all sports. Like, number one, I, I'm, Prashant, figure this out. What city has sent out the most future champions over the last, like, six years? Detroit has to be up there. <laughs> I will send that to him because we're supposed to have Prashant on the, t- on the podcast to talk about analytics. And I do want to know that because Red Wings got to be up there. I mean, how many Red Wings are currently in the playoffs right yeah. now? It's a good number. Yeah, like I don't I don't know anything about the Pistons, but between the Lions, especially the Tigers, their whole pitching staff just sent up. Let's not not get more depressed. And I will point out for anyone who has not voted yet, which you all are going to, that for the best and worst game this time, I listed out every single game so you don't have to look it up. Do you know how much work that was? It was like 15 minutes. I was expecting a lot shorter of a list and I opened it up. I was like, oh, man. Yeah, so I didn't. Bravo to you for that. I didn't narrow it down at all. I let, I let democracy reign for better or for worse. That was a theme through a lot of the awards where I hit the the, the button for the menu and I'm like, oh my god, this mm-hmm. taking up my whole screen. I'm like there are so many choices, which I think is probably even harder because then you got to go through your head. Like I think it took me twice as long to vote this year than it did last year because there were just so many choices, which is a good thing. I put the criteria a lot. Of, I think a lot of it was like anyone who's played 15 or more games, I think was a cutoff for a lot. Um, whatever. I'm not rigging the ballot. I know I said that before and then I was a little bit, but this time for real, I did not rig this ballot. <laughs> and, and next you'll be like, well, rigged it a little well. bit. <laughs> Might have stretched the truth a little bit. <laughs> I want to move on to the Phoenix Award for most improved player. And we talked about him a little bit earlier. And my I love that I open it up in the first name. I look at Gustav Lindstrom and I'm like, nope, Uh, it's Michael Rasmussen because the guy just the guy he's he's a guy, as Larry Murphy would say. But I think he's he's the guy that just he every year and we looked at him initially and we said, is Michael Rasmussen going to be a good player? There's a chance he's going to be a good player. Is he ever going to get the credit he probably deserves? Probably not because of where he was picked, which isn't his fault. His draft position is not his fault. And will he ever live up to these pick number nine? Will he ever live up to that number nine pick? Maybe. I mean, there are guys who are picked number nine that aren't even playing in the league. So I think he just keeps developing. He goes in with the mindset every year that, like we had said, that his offseason goal was to get better at hockey. And we're like, thanks, Michael. But everything he says to you, he says with a death glare. So you have to believe him or else like there's sleep paralysis demons that will attack you or something. It's just Michael Rasmussen, as 
has been a steady skater, a great net front presence, an angry man who clears people out of the way, is willing to jump in, and it's the muscle. I think it's the muscle that you missed after he got injured that kind of took the team on a little bit of a slide. So that included with trading guys away who were like their best friends. But Michael Rasmussen is my most improved player of the season. And I think that will actually probably keep going because he took a big step this year. And next year, I think that step can get, it can go even further. I want to say that's who I also chose as either be, it was between him and Jake Wallman and Wallman. You could argue because he was hurt. And the way, I mean, we saw how he came flying in last season, but he, the way he earned that contract and got the extension, it's hard to say that the impact that he did that he had on this team wasn't huge, especially when it came to playing with Mo Sider and the way we saw the game elevate between those two when they're actually together and not with it, you know, Ben Sherratt. So either way, I don't think you can be in a bad spot with one of those guys. If yeah. it's not one of those two, I'll be very surprised. Yeah. And to each of their credits for one, um, Rass, he won last year. He won the Phoenix award last year. And to Wallman's credit, I forgot he was even on the team last year. So I still don't believe, I still feel like I need to look that up and that saying it, they're going to be like, he wasn't on the team, you idiot. Like, so I yeah, feel like it was both, very few games. So I feel like either one of you could be, you know, have a point and there's yeah. some supporting arguments. With Wallman, I think my argument against Wallman is just, there wasn't enough sample size to just be like, you're the most improved player because he didn't play like 40 games last season for us. I would say that if he does this again, like it's hard to say now, well, now you can't really say next season that he's the most improved because he's already really damn good. And if he like doubles his output, like he'll be the best defenseman in the league. But I, I think it's Rass's, I think it's Rass's award, unless you need like a God award for the Red Wing who is in who just became insanely amazing. And that's kind of, that's not, that's kind of what this award is. <laughs> not as dramatic. The Nick Lidstrom award for most perfect Red Wing. I think that's what, that's what it would have to be going Ooh. forward. No, that's like, you know, those it's like nailed it where they'll have like a cookie monster cupcake and then someone else oh, attempted to make it. It's just like, that's the, no matter how, that's like even Lidstrom to cider. Like that's still. You're still going to have that like melted pile blue frosting with poorly added googly eyes. So <laughs> nailed it is one of the best shows ever created. It and is. it's it's not just the creations. It's the hosts. And I found an episode of it the other day that I had forgot to watch in one of the seasons like Netflix had no red bar. And I'm like, that's strange. I've watched every episode and I watched it. It just reminded me how amazing nailed it is as a show. New segment for the Mojo show. A oh. nailed it challenge against oh. like maybe like Spencer Torkelson and Riley Green have like wings versus Tigers like head to head. The Tigers nailed do it. now their home run thing is to put on a Red Wings helmet and grab a stick and do like a slap shot whenever one of them gets a home run. Um, I we will take that to Stacy. Stacy, we need a nailed it challenge between the Red Wings, and I think that would be hilarious. And then you can get Lisa McDowell in on. She'd be like, "That's the most unhealthy thing I've ever seen in my life." Yeah, and you need like the fire marshal there for safety. Yeah, we need giant <laughs> buckets of water. Uh, we're going to move on to the uh, player on the uh, list who we had forgotten about. Now, I read through this and there were players that I legitimately not remembered until I read their name again. I will start off the top with Matthias Broma. 
And I'm like, oh, Brahma, now I remember him. He played like five Wait, games for us. Is it Matthias or Mat- Matthias? Matthias Brome. Let's all pick yeah. a way to say it. I'm going to yeah, say Matthias Brome. I thought it, that's how I thought it was. Uh, if I pronounce it now, see how much we have forgotten about him. If I pronounce it by looking at his name, his first name is Math. The last part of his name is Ias. So Matthias. There's a first problem is that you're taking the English spin on a very not English name. They say Puce. Puce. Puce is suitor. Uh, but Matthias Broma, uh, who in 2020-21, I'm like, he played what? Five games for us? No, 26. Uh, with a goal and- Ryan's that many games? <laughs> if you're not watching, Ryan did like a like a freeze frame spit take. Like, That's amazing. <laughs> real record scratch moment. Wow. 26 games with a goal and an assist. And I'm like, he what? He played what the rest of the season in Grand Rapids? Nope. Two games. Two games in Grand Rapids, 26 <laughs> games for the Detroit Red Wings. Which shows, I mean, and again, it's it's dudes like that in Pontus Andreas in who were like we're like stoked. We're like, yes, these guys, maybe it's a guy that no one's picked up yeah, and they're going to come in. They're going to provide steel. something. Yeah. And absolutely nothing. So uh, he was my first one. My second one was the juice is loose was Christian juice, uh, who, again, is one that people are going to be like, yeah, Christian juice. What did he play like five games for us? And he uh, broke no. he broke the power play drought. He, he is did. the one who scored the goal. If nothing else, he shall be remembered. He That's played hero. <laughs> 36 games and had 11 points for us after coming from uh, his previous team was Anaheim. He went from Washington to Anaheim to Detroit. He is now playing for Zug in the Swiss A-League and has 36 points in 52 games. So Juice was my second. He was one. always a bummer. Like, like I was as a person. No, like not getting playing time. I was disappointed that when he got brought in, he was just kind of, hey, you can just hang out in the press box. That's be- Jeff Blaschel. But like he was one of the more better offensive defensemen that was brought in. And you're like, no, we're not going to play you. That's not that's stupid. Why would you help us? Yeah, he was really popular in Hershey. Um, the Caps farm team. Really popular in Hershey. So that was kind of he should have just he could just stay there. He could just stay there. He would have been happy. <laughs> yeah. And he did better for us than he did for both the Ducks and the Caps. So I like, again, in the small sample size that he had, it probably. And I think we had said it too. like, why aren't they playing him? But again, it's Jeff Blaschel. Jeff Blaschel hated people he didn't know. And he didn't know Christian Juice. So Christian Juice didn't play. It's the same reason Dennis Chalowski was scratched when he went to go play in front of his fans and on his bobblehead night. And it's just it's it's D minuses all over to Jeff Blaschel. We'll just blame him for everything. Was Jeff Blaschel an scapegoat award? No. He should be from now on. <laughs> Jeff Blaschel. No, goes in we're the not having another. Mar- we're not having another Marion Hosa moment. <laughs> no, we need to replace the Marion Hosa moment with a Jeff Blaschel moment. Yeah, I need a write in, and then we will force everyone to write in Jeff Blaschel. Uh, the third one on my list of players we had forgotten about, and this one I only slightly forgotten about, and it was Calvin Pickard. Uh, Calvin Pickard, backup goaltender. Um, yep, he was a thing, and then he played in Grand Rapids. I remembered him far more than Dick Panic, which is disappointing because <laughs> Panic's name was fantastic. And that's the only reason I liked him is because I could say Dick Panic. Well, the reason I remembered Dick Panic was because my fantasy team's name was Panic at the Dixo. That's so good. 
Oh, yeah, no. Pick, Pickard, I actually had an appreciation for, and I was like, oh, great. He's coming to Detroit where he's not going to repeat anything that he's doing in Grand Rapids. I can't wait. And that's what happened. Did you know that Calvin Pickard played in Detroit in 2019-20, 2020-21, and 2021-22? How many games is that? Uh, three games in 2019-20, uh, six games in 2021 after coming from Vienna, Austria. And three games in 2021-22, and he did play three seasons with the Griffs. Well, part of three seasons with the Griffs before going to Bakersfield. And he actually played for Bakersfield this season and uh, did fairly well, went to the playoffs. Good for him. Was that it, right? <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing else to add on the subject of Calvin Pickard. Because for the longest time, I called him Picard. And then they finally said his name properly. I was like, oh, that's weird. That's about all I got. Like, so cool. And the fact that he only played, what, 12 games for Detroit over three years? Exactly. Did you find anyone else on the list that you had forgotten about? Uh, the only other one I mentioned, Panic Juice. No, that was it. I mean, John Merrill, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about him a little bit. But then I was like, no, he actually played quite a bit and he still plays. So. Yeah, Mitchell Stevens was another big one just because he was injured most of the time and didn't really get any play. And he was another one we were kind of excited about because we're like, we need a depth really center. We need a depth center. And when he was in, he played a great depth center role. And it was like, he's one where it was literally like five games that Mitchell Stevens played because it, he kept getting hurt. Alex Biega, I guess, would be one. <sighs> no, the forever utility player, Alex Biega. Sarah, when you were pulling the list, did you find any that you're like, oh, hey, yeah, that guy. Yeah, I think uh, Matias Brome and um, like it's like I'd see play like, oh, yeah, Alex Biega, the bulldog. Like I'd think of a meme or something that was like related to them. Um, I was surprised to find Valtteri Filippola on the list. I thought he would have been like 10 years gone. But I was like, no, he's not. <laughs> he's still on the list. Um, that was very recent. And I was even wrong about Mitchell Stevens. He played 27 games. <laughs> For the wow. Detroit Red Wings. <laughs> That's like a quarter of a season. Yeah, so there were there weren't too many things. I was like, oh, but I I think, yeah. And I, and then I was like, oh, Franz Nielsen. I think I'd no. forgotten about uh Patrick Nemeth. I think I yeah. and him and uh Nick Nick Letty, but then I was like, Oh yeah, Nick Letty. You like you just say the name and you're like, Oh yeah, I remember him now. But that there were so many. I was like, why do I? Why is there so many names on this damn list? <laughs> it's your choice. You put the list together. Well, I put no, I pick the awards before I do the list and I can't just go back on my award like a coward. I got to put the work in. See, I put I put work into this for real. So y'all have to go vote. Everyone vote. That's that's the bottom line is everyone needs to vote. Um, I couldn't talk about the Wingsbane Award for most hated or frustrating opposing player because there are just so many. So I have a question about the highbrow award. Okay. Is, is the highbrow award retiring? Because it says it's time to settle this once and for all. And I looked at it and I'm like, but what if we get another player with really good eyebrows? Because Jake Wallman's got really good eyebrows. Yeah. I don't think it will be forever retired. I think it's kind of like best hair where it's it's going away for a while when there's like until there's a real some some real turnover. So it's like, going to be hiatus. People are like, where's best hair? I'm like, you just want to vote for, vote for Mo Sider. Fuck off. Or you want to be funny and vote for Newsy. Stop it. Amazing. So, sorry if you have to bleep that out. Um, 
Yeah. We don't bleep fucks on this show. No, we got yelled at for cursing actually on a YouTube comment. We yeah. lost we lost a listener because we said too many fucks on our show. Oh. Well, I've only used one out of my quota, so I'll save them up. But yeah, sometimes there's like, where's this award? Where's that award? I'm like, I'm trying not to have ones that are just totally not competitive. And because that's just work I have to do <laughs> for like a no, like I could make the award right now. <laughs> before anyone votes so i like for some of the classics sometimes there's running but they're classics i'm gonna keep the classics but for highbrow we're settling this on who we have and we're moving on and depending on the team vibe will be whether or not i bring it back or bring in um something new so unless there's crazy like eyebrows brought in via free agency trade this off season this yeah what if we likely... get some free agency eyebrows sarah yeah. well it one, it depends on my personal opinion. And two, I if I think of a new award, which I've already thought of one or two while we've been talking, I'll replace mm. it. They switch in and out. I've had I might bring back a award from year one that no one has ever thought about before since then, because nobody followed. Nobody followed me back then. They don't know what the awards were from year one. So we'll see. are these historically kept somewhere like out yes. for the public? I mean, they're on my Twitter, but I keep them. All They're in the congressional records. Ryan. I have them. Yeah. I have them all on my computer still on the computer. Yeah, I have them all on my computer. The Meme Factory Archives has every award from every year maintained, and they're still on Twitter if you know how to find them. So for the tenth anniversary, you just gotta cover some of the older ones, like past winners of the award. Like here's who here's who's winning it in year ten, and if they overlap with year one awards. Here's who here's who won it in year one versus year 10. And then we can be like, oh, yeah, that guy who or used to like, totally play. Or you'll be really depressed when you're like, oh, I wish we had that guy. It'd <laughs> be every one of them. <laughs> uh, we're going to move on to what I think is my favorite award. And it's I mean, it's kind of hard to do as an award unless you're going to, I guess, pick the four from the most voted players on the list for the Dangles and Dragons Award which is your ideal adventuring party to join your quest. And uh, oh, by the way, Sarah, how's your Dungeons and Dragons campaign going? It's going. We have lost a couple of players temporarily. So it was on life support for a while. We did we did play last night. It had been a couple of weeks and we did. We did well. We didn't die. Someone came close, but, you know, it happens. We're doing two. We're running Tomb of Annihilation. Nice. So, now I always so, look for a. Uh, Groups that are willing to play and can actually put the effort into it because normally people say they want to play and then you get like three sessions in and you lose like six people and then you can't play anymore. So I'm always looking for a good Dungeons and Dragons group. But this was interesting because I picked players based on what their role in the team would be. And I started out with Dylan Larkin. He's the leader of the team. He's the guy who's going to go out and take charge and keep the team together. I picked most cider because most cider is going to be the goofy enthusiastic bard like player of the team who will be fantastic i picked lucas raymond who i have as kind of the rogue like player small shifty can get in and out of places i picked lucas raymond there and i picked michael rasmussen as the absolute barbarian of the team who's just going to scream his way through dungeons and rip people's heads off so that's my dangles and dragons party i it was well thought out and I've got a person who kind of fits each scenario. So I was very proud of myself on this one. 
Yeah, I didn't go that deep with it. Um, pretty sure off the top of my head, I had Cider. And then I had Darren McCarty to fight things. Pretty sure I had Larkin on there. And then I rounded it out with Mickey Redmond. Uh, because he For is your... Lulls. Huh? For the lulls, is he like your age? He's your wizard? survivalist. He's your outdoors and he can and make a smokeless fire. You're gonna think? be sorry when you need a smokeless fire. He is gonna be the ultimate <laughs> state. He's like your wizard. Mickey's I, the wizard. Mickey's the wizards Gandalf. in Dungeons and Dragons. Yes, Ryan wizards See? are in Dungeons. There are wizards it, there and sorcerers. It in doesn't Dungeons have to be doesn't have to be Dungeons and Dragons. It could be like any Greg's already taken any down game that. that you like to play. I've been playing Dragon Age Inquisition again myself. You can have your whatever party you want. I didn't want to limit it to D and D nerds because I'm not. I'm not. I don't feel like I've done. I've I've done even enough D and D to be a nerd. But I thought the pun was had potential, and it's a new one. And it, you think it's a? I know how to do my awards, Greg. Come on, come on. I know so, how. I'm, I already know how I'm going to do it. Come on. Oh, okay, but I don't know how you're going to do it. And I every exactly. year I try and get a little bit more information out of you. You never slip. So I applaud <laughs> you on never slipping. Uh, but this is a lot. There's a lot going on here. I mean, you could grab someone like, uh, let's see, you could have grabbed you could have grabbed Tyler Bertuzzi, who's going to be your scrappy guy in the party. You could have grabbed Jimmy Howard, who's literally the Hulk on television. <laughs> Guys, every giant, time it's giant hands, giant hands. <laughs> One of these times, I just want to see the Ricky Bobby where they just start going up. And like you just see Keats reach over and put his hands down. I don't know what to do with my hands. That kind of moment. It's like I look at him and I envision like Kingpin from Marvel. He's just sitting there in the white suit and he needs a cane and someone needs to shave his head. Uh, but you could pick Jimmy Howard, who will just bust down walls for you. I love how you have actually, you know, who who probably should be in your party. Daniela Bruce, because she's got all the insider information. So it's it, there's a lot of ways you could go with it. And I applaud you for this one because it's very one creative and two, there are so many options and so many different directions people can go with it. Yeah. And um, that's that's being reflected in the in the votes. Like I a lot of people have gotten a fair number of votes. <laughs> and yes, there are people who want Art Regner in the party. So that just shows the diversity of the Red Wings fan base. Are they using him as like a meat shield? So is, is art a trap? Well, it depends on like what what your adventure is. If you're just looking for like, yeah, maybe he's a meat shield. I don't know, but like, it depends on what. If you're like, oh, we need to have really good combat skills. Maybe you've got, you know, your tanky guys, or be like, we're just gonna do like politicking and entertaining and not fight a lot of people, so we can have the old man squad. Uh, so I, Old I, man I, squad. When I when I when I made the award, I was like, let me just include everybody who I possibly can and see what happens. And I'm very it's it's really interesting the way that it's um it's shaken out right now. I'm I'm glad it wasn't just like it's these everyone has picked the same person. Not even not even close. Not even remotely has people all been like really heavily favoring anybody. Well, if you need the winners photoshopped as their respective classes, let me know. I will do it for you. <laughs> the next award I want to talk about is the welcome wagon for the best first year Red Wing. Uh, this was actually a little hard for me because of the choices that you put out. So I looked at it and I'm like, I got to go with Fairgrin, right? And then I went down the list 
and you look and you go, David Perron. David Perron has been essential to this team. He's brought, like we said, uh, leadership uh, points up on the board. Great special teams guy. You look at Simon Edmondson, who had a really good tryout late in the year. But I went with Derek Lalone because I think overall, if you're bringing what you bring to the team, and Lalone has brought poise. He's brought insight. If you've watched him at all during the playoffs in the Canadian broadcast, he's in intermission doing like breakdowns. He apparently gave away national secrets about Vasilevsky, which was fucking stupid. Anyone with eye functioning eyeballs could see that Vasilevsky is having a hard time. Uh, but I think the way that he's worked with the players and the culture that he's trying to build and having an individualized approach and going out there and making them competitive every night and be like really busting balls on some nights. He will go out and say, Hey, this guy I didn't think did well, or they deserve praise. He, you notice that he very rarely called out guys by names, but when he did, those were guys that everyone else noticed as well. Like he called out Michael Rasmussen when he had a really good game and a couple other players. But I think Lalone was my best first year wing because aside from being such a breath of fresh air from previous regimes. I think he brought a ton to the table that is going to, that sets this team up to move forward in a very positive way. Yeah. I I thought about the way you went about the vote, but then I just kind of went the, the easy way out with Perron, the impact that I think that he was able to make on this team so quickly <clears throat> to me is what stood out the most. I, I originally was going to go Beargren and then kept going down and saw Perron. Cause usually I think, Impact first year. I'm thinking more of a rookie type player, but without Perron, like there's no telling where we were at for this season. I mean, it wouldn't have been good, most likely. And Sarah, to your point earlier, like we probably would have seen more of those really shitty games because you provided a different element that the rest of the roster really doesn't have. And to me, that's that's been invaluable. And hopefully, with what they can add going into this offseason. He can take a step back a little bit, but still provide that sense of self, I guess, is a way to put it. It's grounding. He's a very yeah. grounding guy. So hopefully that can continue it next season. They're, they're going to need it even more, I feel like, and because there's going to be roster turnover. And we know the impact a veteran like him can bring. We've already seen it. So if you can surround him with more talent, let, give him less of a role and just kind of shift him down, you can still throw him on the power play. It's going to be a win, and that's that's what's going to be important. So that's that's why I went the, the Perron route. Yeah, I had said previously, I mean, I'd be perfectly fine with David Perron retiring as a Red Wing. I think he's a kind of guy that even if his points dip, the, intangi- the intangibles, those are what are going to keep him. Grit. The, it's not even just the grit. It's, it's that he never stops talking. Every yeah. single player on the team, anytime they ask, like, who talks or who's like, it's always that he never stops talking. He's just constant chatterbox, which they seem to enjoy or it forces or he's like, if you don't play well, I'm going to never stop talking to you. I'm going to tell you all these really long, boring stories and you're going to wish that you had scored a goal. Maybe he's the dude who just has endless facts. Like he's constantly telling you like weird trivia shit that you don't want to know, but becomes useful later on. Like you're, you're held hostage and they ask you really weird trivia question like oh my god thank you david perron for answering this for me but he's just i mean he's just a genuine dude i think that's that's part of it and he's he's like team he's taken over the mantle of team dad i think 
every year the Red Wings seem to have a team dad. And I think this year it's David Perron. And just the impact that he's had on the team is not always measurable on the stat sheet, even though it is this season, because he was like, what, the second highest point getter on the team. But it's also measurable off ice and in the locker room in just kind of that extra stuff that he brings. Um, But Sarah, who was your I guess who was your best first year wing? I don't know. I mean, obviously, I don't vote. Um, I don't know why I said it sarcastically, because it's actually true. But (laughs) that sounded real suspicious. Um, yeah, I, I think I probably would have given it to Newsy just in terms of sheer impact, like under another year of Blash, I think would have really broken people, not like fans and players. So I think in terms of just instant, instant impact, instant relief, at least for the fans, um, that, that he probably would have been my pick. I keep saying things really weird, like ask questions or sarcastically. <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm Burgundy. Like, I'm, sorry, I'm I'm tired. Um, Newsy, I would have I would have picked Newsy. Yeah, I think that's a good point too. Is just it's not not his impact on the team, but it's his impact on the fan base as a whole. Because I think we all would have probably suffered a lot more. Like I think we had said Ryan that this is the first year that we've had like a genuinely positive podcast on most nights. Because things are going in the right direction and we've got Newsy and he's he's giving positive feedback and he's telling he's keeping kind of the emotions at bay where he'll say we're good now. But guys, like pump the brakes like we don't need to talk about playoffs. We don't need to talk about, oh, my God, this is direction we're on. Like we still need to be patient. There's a lot of work left to do. So it's just keeping it all level. I think it really helped us throughout the season. So, yeah, not being the major league movie uh groundskeepers saying we suck again week after week was kind of a nice change up yeah it was fantastic he's he's calm and level-headed until there's goaltender interference on the line that's gonna get him hot under the car didn't you make that a shirt it is i do have a shirt uh that says i think it just says what "What the the fuck fuck? (laughs) yeah what the fuck even is goaltender interference But yeah, I, I made it into a shirt. So that's up on our shop on Redbubble. If you want to go get the newsy screaming what the fuck shirt, uh, it's up there. You can go get it. Actually, I think I'm ordering it as a sticker to put on my car because there are stickers there as well for when people start tailgating me because Michigan drivers are absolutely awful. One last thing on that yeah. one. I love that he came out after the fact and said, I didn't say anything bad. <laughs> what like, are you talking <laughs> about? <laughs> uh, I appreciate you even more now. I would I even posted that, I think, in a GIF on Twitter, like Newsy afterwards. And it's the Ron Burgundy GIF where he's like, I'd never fucking say fuck. Yeah, that was a good one, because that, that's what it reminded me of, because he's like, no, I don't think there was anything bad in there at all. I'm like Newsy. Because he just like what he just had a white out and like full rage. He doesn't remember what happened. <laughs> he, he passed out, actually, and woke up in the locker room. He's like, why am I here? Did, did we, he wakes up? And he just goes, did we win? <laughs> yep. Yes, Newsy, we won. Good. Uh, my, the last one I want to cover tonight is the MVP of the season. And I thought it was a lock. I, you know, there's a lot of people, if you talk to Daniela, I think she might say that it was uh, Vili Huso. And there's a lot of love for Vili Huso, even though sometimes it didn't go his way. And Iserman had said that maybe he fell apart towards the end of the season because just mentally he broke down a bit. And he even said himself recently, that he wants to come into next season more mentally prepared. So there's that. I might still have to give it to Dylan Larkin. I mean, Dylan Larkin 
is the captain like dude is the captain now like he's fully assumed that mantle and he took his play to i think it was one point off of a point per game which kind of bummed me out but for all intents and purposes dylan larkin was basically a point per game player and he upped his game while still being super solid defensively pretty sure he finished the year hurt too playing hurt i should say well he's played parts of the past two seasons hurt basically but Larkin really kind of stepped it up, lost his best friend partway through and not not like his best like friend a died. Sad dog movie. <laughs> not like his best friend died. This isn't Homeward Bound, guys. His best friend didn't die, uh, but he is now playing for the Boston Bruins. And I mean, that, that hurt him. And I'm not sure losing Philip Pronick hurt him that much, but it's just it's hard position for him to be in, especially to happen the the exact minute you're supposed to give your press conference for signing your new huge contract, which was kind of like a kick in the nuts for him. But it was which which we know that Art loves talking about. But Dylan Larkin is my MVP because I think he's matured as a player, matured as a person and just is ready to take this team forward. So my MVP. Yeah, I, I had the same mindset with you. If, if if Huso would have been able to maintain what he had for that first half of the season, or at least through December, because um, I think that's when we right around then was when we talked to Daniela, um, that would have made the most sense. But the inconsistency, and I not from him per se, but just the team in front of him, what they were doing, and he just, that the reality, I guess you could say, set in. So Larkin became the easy fallback option there because if you look at the rest of the team like no one truly stood out as the year went on you could argue cider especially as the year went on that he got stronger and the way that his defense got to a new level it seemed like this season as after we thought that many people thought that oh the sophomore slump and yada 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 like that was they're pissed off because he wasn't scoring more points and whatever else is going on but he was actually playing defense in comparison to what we were seeing. We weren't seeing a lot of the reverse hits. We weren't seeing the ooze and odd moments, but it was a small shit that he that stood out where he I could see where he could maybe have quite a few votes getting pulled his way for the season. But I went simply the captain. Yeah, there were a lot. There was an article recently about, and I think it might have been Sean Shapiro that wrote it, that was just small stuff that Mo Sider has changed this season that's kind of elevated his game. And it was playing smarter defensively in, in the not going for the big hits and stuff. He'll jump in after play and, and hit people. Uh, Sarah, do you have the results up so far? Because I have some questions uh, as to why Adam Ernie is on this list as as well as uh, Alex Nedeljkovic. Oh, 45 games if you want if, if you need me to per my last email at you if you had <laughs> read the description of the questions i said <laughs> what it was and you heard me earlier consistently saying i did not rig the ballot so anyone who meets those criteria gets on the list with running the risk of the like Adam already stands going like internet trolls. He he's he's the number one guy. But I, I felt I felt pretty confident there weren't enough of them to drown out the voices of the more grounded collective. But you let Jake pick Adam Ernie for MVP of the season. And that's what I will tell you right now is if there are any Adam Ernie votes, one of them is Jake Rivard. Uh, I just want to know if Oscar Sunquist has any votes for MVP. Let's see. I don't 
think so. Oh, who the hell voted for Ali Mata? Come on. <laughs> See? No. There, there, there are troll votes. Now, that could be a misclick, and they didn't realize That's what that. I think. I think they went for, they meant, like, Larkin, and they <laughs> misclicked. Like, if you're click, like, I could see a Kubalik as a legit potential, like, okay, maybe somebody try to pretty that up in their mind. But Mata, that's got to be an oops. Yeah, I think, I, yeah, I I think that's I a Larkin. misclick. But we have, we have 920 votes so far. So even these little outliers, it's not enough. But if it... If there's something that comes down to a tie, which there are some that are pretty close, instead of having a runoff, I'll go through and I'll be like, who voted for someone really stupid consistently and then delete their ballot and use that as the, the runoff criteria. You've I been said, purged. What, <laughs> I forget which award it was. The Was it spare parts? So I said, if you vote for Cider, Larkin or Raymond, I'm deleting your ballot and arresting you. You are never allowed to vote again. That's what would determine the... Uh, you're officially a felon and your voting rights have been revoked. Um, but that's that's the kind of the last question I wanted to go over for the awards. Again, you do an amazing job with this. Uh, there are more choices than ever. The awards are very funny. Um, I want to bring back podcast awards. So that's my uh, that's my request for awards coming back on the Grindline podcast yeah. award. Yeah. Per my last email. No, I'm like, I'm so sensitive to hurting people's feelings and making them feel left out that I just cut. Truly cut out every podcast. And I was sad that I didn't think Wim was going to exist. And I was like, I, if Wim can't have an award, no one can have an award. Fuck it. The awards are canceled. They're canceling. I'm too sad. Um, I do have an award that I want to ask you guys about, though. I want to know who is your spare part, because the spare part award is my number one favorite award. I can't remember if this is a year one award. It might have been called something else. Um, but the spare parts award for the for the guy who's just there. He's just that guy who's there. This for me is guys. easy. This is an easy one for me. Uh, it is Jordan Osterley. Jordan Osterley will forever be my spare part award. He's there. He's on the ice. You hear his name sometimes. Uh, you never know when he's in or out of the roster. It maybe would have been Matt Luff or an Austin Zarnick if they would have played a little more. But Jordan Osterley, and I think he gets resigned, and I think he continues to be the spare part because oh, there are several times this season where we got really mad at Robert Haig. Can't be him. Uh, we know Magnus Helberg by name, be for, for better or for worse, most recently for worse. But I mean, Jake Wallman, phenomenal. I've got to go with Osterley for the spare part award. I want to say, I, if I remember correctly, it was I either chose him or Sonny. Because even with Sunquist, like you knew he was there, but it was like, what would you say that you do here? More often than not. But then he'd come out in the power play and then light it up. And you're like, hey, cool. Sun Sunquist is doing great. And then he's gone. Ryan Office so. Spaces Oscar Sunquist. What would you say you do here? <laughs> uh, uh, I can't sorry. pick Sonny because the memes for Sonny were fantastic. I got so many good Photoshop opportunities. That wasn't the criteria, Greg. It's no, he provided me much joy. Uh, maybe it was fan pace. It's, fan it's very open. It's very open interpretation. That's why I really like the award. You can be like, who was the most, you know, statistically outstanding player out of this pile of which the criteria are listed on the ballot. If anyone wants to read it. Yeah, vibes are right there, Ryan. It says I think it was between Ernie Osterley and Sonny for me. Sonny gave me phenomenal vibes. If I had to Marie Kondo, the Red Wings roster. Uh, Oscar Sundquist sparked joy. I would what? be keeping him. Marie Kondo. The fuck she, is that? 
she does organizational stuff. She had like a whole show where people were that were watching on Netflix where if it sparks joy, you keep it. You pick up an item and if you have an emotional attachment to it, it makes you happy, you keep it. But if you look at it and you go, I don't know what this is, you can get rid of it. And it's how you condense stuff. See? Oh, it sparks joy. Oh, okay. See? See? Not, uh, for a minute, the way you were explaining that, it sounded like we we're getting ready to watch an episode of Hoarders. No, I, it could have went that way for some of the people. But uh, Oscar Sundquist sparked joy, so I am keeping him as as a person. But yeah, a Jordan Osterley, that's got to be the one. It's close. It's it's a close one. So people who want to vote, who haven't voted yet and want to vote, this is one where it's really going to count. What's the closest race right now? Hot and Ready is pretty close. Um, this is a guy for the, the difference between the top two is four votes. Four votes out of 920 is what's separating first and second place as far as who is a guy. Who is the, the uh, I think what I'm like, what even that was that one that was most forgettable. Yeah. So if you if you really want your vote to count, come in and vote on the this is a guy award, which is going to be a giant picture of Larry Murphy's face. It has to be as the award graphic. But there are opportunities for your vote to sway which way the results go. Um, I kind of want to end tonight, uh, Sarah, with what what is your kind of direction for the team? What way do you think the Red Wings are going to go the offseason? What do you think are important things for Steve to focus on and just kind of move us forward going into next year? Well, I'm going to I'm going to read for chance up. I'm sure upcoming article about if I was Steve Eiserman, here's what I do. And I'm going to be like, yeah, same Z's. Um, but it's been hard. It's been hard to think about next season. Um, the weird thing is that with the playoffs happening, this is the first time I've really felt like envy in a couple of years of being like, I really wish this with the Red Wings. Like, it feels like we're almost there, even if we just get annihilated in the first round. Uh, previous years, it's been like, oh, you know, playoffs, whatever. I'm not really interested. I'm still not super interested, but I, I am feeling very like envious, which I hadn't had that emotional response for a couple of years. So which was unrelated to your question, but I said it anyway. Um, <laughs> I just can't wait to waste my money, waste my money to watch us get stomped in at LCA. Yeah. Hey, that place is going to be electric and it's going to be worth every dime. Exactly. That's just the, that, uh, the envy. I never going to try and predict Steve Eiserman because what the hell do I know? I feel very uneducated right now about who, like what's free agency, what, who's up, who's not up, who the hell are any of the draft picks. I'll I'll be prepared to get angry at the draft lottery. It'll almost be disappointing if we do well because I'm so used to being like, "Fuck, what the fuck? Why did the <laughs> why why did the Penguins win the lottery? This is bullshit." So I don't I'm, don't speak I'm, that I'm into preparing. existence, please. I'm preparing that response. I think what we've seen is encouraging, and I think you know a lot of it. I can't decide if this makes you sound like an asshole or not, but I think a lot of it's on the players we have to step up their game. You know, you know, Joe Helena is going to gain 15 pounds of muscle and that's all Bally Sports is going to talk about. Jesus. for two weeks. They're going to have a segment on his thighs. That girthy boy. Um, and, but I, Oh, I think... God. Of ways you can describe someone <laughs> that that certainly was one. I tell you, that's that's going to be. Is that how many people feel when you say the word moist? Because I think I just had that same reaction. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm just getting you. I'm just getting you ready for things that that. Pizza and uh, we're gonna say. Um, I just make a T-shirt now. The girthy boy. <laughs> but, but I, yeah, I, the Joe Valeno Girth <laughs> Club. 
But um, what's really going to determine how we do is not what pieces we add or subtract. But honestly, if everybody takes that step up and fuck it gets healthy, that's our deadline acquisition. Um, Thanks, Ken Holland. <laughs> yeah, but uh. but uh, but honestly, honestly, I think that's going to be the the big difference that we have a decent foundation. Yes, we need to add parts. We need to cut off parts that could rhyme with Ben Sherratt. And the difference is that, well, I don't know if it's different, but it sounds like they're all really committed that the players in their, you know, postseason interview sounded excited and not, oh, do we fucked it up again? Shoot. But saying like, we kind of got a taste of where we could go and they all sound really determined, genuinely determined to make the playoffs and not just like, you know, if wishes were horses, we all would ride. But actually, like, believing. I'm trying to be a little folksy. Get your Mickey Redmond. That's some, wa- some Wild West shit right there. <laughs> Getting your Mickey Redmond in. Um, oh, we're going to go jump on the horse. And give me Elmer Soderblom. Yeah, the behemoth must must give come me in. Our lo- give me our girthy boys. <laughs> <laughs> the girth boys. Oh, God. Give me the All red right. ones. Give me I the think red. I finally found the term that just, like, gives me a fucking full body chill. Gotcha. That's Amazing. what I'm here for. But, but yeah, in conclusion, I have no idea what the hell Steve Eisenman's going to do. I know I'm going to react based on how everyone else reacts. And if... Everybody does their workouts, doesn't skip leg day. We'll be pretty good. People can't wait for the montage. People are going to panic in October and be like, oh, no, we lost five games. Let's all hurl ourselves off the bridge. But no, hang on, guys. It's we're going to get there. It's going to be good. Like I said before, we have to be team therapist and fan base therapist. It's all going to be OK. Let's just chill out and it's all going to be OK. Uh, But Sarah, I want to thank you for coming on to talk about the awards and other stuff with us. I'm going to give you a free moment to plug yourself and wherever wherever people can find you, whatever you're doing besides just, you know, chillaxing online. Like, what am I doing? Follow me on Twitter as long as it exists at Helmeroids. I'm not spelling it. Look it up. I'm though I'm Super Nintendo Chalmers, by the way, (laughs) if you can't find Super Nintendo Chalmers, Helmeroids on Twitter. I think I have accounts on all the 8000 other backup social platforms that we've all done also i'm always helmeroids find me and you can vote on the awards through whatever date i said we'll say for two weeks and then on may 12th right i should have like looked up my own information i'm really <laughs> I'm for confirmation like, what the hell did i say I'm like i don't know i'm on the wrong month leave me alone like greg asked us before every episode <laughs> what episode are we on i don't fucking know it's your job when's my own award show i where is my assistant friday may 12th 7 p.m eastern time i will be live tweeting the results of the awards along with sprinkling in things from the past 10 years 10 years and yeah vote the link is pinned to my twitter profile or you can ask me and i will send you the link but don't do that because that sounds like work so and we will be retweeting everything and live tweeting the awards as well. And if you can't spell because, you know, some people can't, uh, Sarah will be tagged in the podcast and the awards will be linked below the episode. So you can vote and follow her at the same time if you're not good at spelling in English and such. But Ryan, go watch hockey. Final thoughts right there. That's uh, the awards are fantastic. I am. Uh, I I'm, should be able to catch the beginning of them. I 
likely have softball that Friday night because we are full swing with that for those small humans, 11 year old softball. It's, you know, life apparently at this point. But uh, yeah, playoffs have been fun. I don't really have many final thoughts tonight, so I'll leave it at that. Already Ryan 33. Well, you can follow me online at Bringing the Wing. Follow Grindline Podcast online at Grindline Pod. We'll give a shout out to the Hockey Podcast Network at Hockey Podnet on Twitter for hosting us and spreading our podcast around everywhere. We also like to give a shout out to Vintage Detroit, which is the only place you should get your Detroit jerseys from and worked on. If you use the promo code Grindline at Howie'sHockeyTape.com, you get 10% off your order. Use that same promo code at Bring Hockey Back, you get 12%. You can check out our merch at Redbubble.com by searching the Grindline and go sub to our channel on YouTube and turn on the notifications. You'll get notified anytime an episode or other YouTube content goes live. But that is going to do it for us tonight. So for Ryan, I am Greg. Thank you again, Sarah. You stay classy, Hockey Town.